0: What's taters precious? Potatoes! Is that what you want? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. My name's DJ. And my name's Damon. Today we're continuing our saga. Saga. Ooh, saga. I like that. I like that. Makes it feel like a Norse myth. Lord of the Rings, Episode Two: Two Towers. This and how I remember is the the sec the second one is because it has the number two in the title, which I mm-hmm. appreciate. Two Lord, Two Rings, Two Two Towers, Two Furious. This one had bow wow in it, right? This one goes to Japan,
0: yes. and then the next one they come back with, with Frodo and, and Sam well, this and one, everyone, this one this goes one has to, Bow Wow in Japan.
1: Right. This one takes place in Japan, but it actually takes place between Lord of the Rings 6 and 7. Oh, weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, that's right. Okay. This is the one I get most confused on what happens in it, because simply because it's in the middle. And it feels very middly. Like, the ending is very like, okay, I guess we're going to leave the theater now. I remember, I remember being kind oh, of the pissed came about on. it. I see. OK. I, I remember being kind of pissed about it, because I was like, "You're telling me. I sat here and had to go to the bathroom, bathroom like four times. And you're not even going to like, give me a ending to the story. So you feel like urine is
0: your payment for a denouement. That's your down payment on like a climax,
1: and uh, My a, point a, is that ending. I spent nearly. An eighth of a day. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) How long? Wait. How long is four hours? An eighth of a day is actually, yes. Yeah. Well, three hours. Yeah. I I Or four hours. I spent a seventh, let's see, a seventh of a day in the movie theater. And you can't give me even a a general conclusion. I understand the story continues. I knew that going into this. Do you? Because it seems like you didn't know that. I they, just, they 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 battled back the, the orcs at Helm's Deep. What do you want from them? I just want to know I just want to know that everything's gonna be okay at the end of every movie. I mm. want credits, I want freeze frames, and I want <laughs> I want them to be like Frodo went on to uh, found a college in Sam's name. You know? That's what I want. Samwise college. Sam Wise is still alive <laughs> at, the, at that point. So are, uh, Mr. Frodo,
0: couldn't I have found my own college? <laughs> well, Why'd you name it after up, me? Sam. You want just like at the end, like Aragorn and Legolas and Gandalf to sort of clink their glasses and while they're smiling it freezes and then it says, you know, produced by uh you know yeah. Rudger Hauer. Rudger Hauer? Oh <laughs>
1: uh, I want them to be like, well, I guess we fought them orcs off. And then be like, "You're my blue sky, you're Ooh. my sunny day."
0: I know what, 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 like Legolas at the end. He goes, and that was quite a battle of Helm's Deep. And then Gandalf says, "I like the ring of that."
1: And then they <laughs> clink their glasses. And someone says, "I guess we've seen the end of those two towers." <laughs> What are the two ta- what are the two towers? I don't remember. Is it clear in the in the movie? Cuz I don't In remember the movie, it. in the movie it makes it very clear
0: that the two towers are Barad-dûr where Sauron um the the, the optometrist lives. Okay. And uh or uh, Sauron also probably had the Great Gatsby crash a car into his tower. Um right. and then you have sure. Orthanc um where which is Isengard, which is where Sauron lives. The the movie makes that very clear. The okay. book, however, has about sixty seven towers in it, and you're right. never exactly clear what towers which, they could be talking which about. Two are referring, referring. They could to. be talking about the tower of those two towers. But there's also like the book be, begin uh, has like Sauron launching attack from Isengard, and then the the end of the book ends up at a different tower in Mordor where Frodo and Sam end up.
1: Again, this is just my confusion. What are the No, I live for these questions. Okay, After what years is...
0: of pelting Marvel comics questions, yeah, 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 at yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. here I am. For you. Yeah.
1: I'm here for you, DJ. Okay, so in the first one, I'm like I'm, I'm trying to remember like the the specific iconography of like the or the like.
0: I should tell our audience that we are recording this intro without having watched any of the movies yes. yet. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. We haven't rewatched anything yet because we wanna we wanna go in fresh. And the first one I'm remembering, you know, the fight with the Balrog, mm-hmm. who is the, also the, the boxer in Street Fighter. Yeah, I think there is a okay. Balrog in the Street okay. Fighter.
0: Big or Tolkien that, fans over there.
1: Uh, and that's when, you know, uh, you get uh, Gandalf dying and saying, fly you fools. As he gets mm-hmm. dragged down, you shall not pass. Mm-hmm. He says that too, yeah. We get all the jokes, the Elevensies second breakfast. That's the first one, right? What about sick and breakfast? Yeah. Yeah. That's good, That's good shit.
0: It's fun. They're just having fun. They're just, they just thought they were going to Rivendell. This time, time to put your pedal to the metal or whatever the, the,
1: the Middle Earth equivalent of that is. Yeah. And the last one, I can remember some of that, but what are the specific, the big moments in this, the, Battles of Helm, the Battle of Helm's Deep? Is that the big
0: Yeah, the Battle of Helm's set-piece. Deep is the climax of this sort of aragorn storyline the aragorn gandalf legolas storyline and then with frodo and sam it's gets a little muddied because they change the books a little bit but it ends with them going meeting up with faramir who is sean bean's brother um who has a chance to deliver the ring to his crazy dad and he opts out and lets them go to mordor and do their thing y'all okay that's what he says original cut
1: is do your thing y'all it it's I don't remember if it's this one or the second one when I realized that there were too many white guys with beards. And I was getting really, really confused.
0: <laughs> Can we got a mustache in here or something?
1: Yeah. Give me some distinctive looks. And it, you're not, the names aren't helping. I know they're from the books. I understand. No, I understand. No, the- I know. You got Faramir, Bar- you got
0: Faramir, his brother. And don't Who forget... Looks,
1: they did a good job with casting. They look a lot alike. That is some
0: of the best brother casting in movies, I think, is, is uh, those two guys. Sean Bean and other. Not to mention, in the books, everyone's got like three to six names. It's right. Gandalf Except the Grey there. or Mithrandir or Gandalf Stormcrow. It's like, okay, everyone, let's... Oh, Galadriel or The Lady of Lorien? And we're just going to be using these interchangeably? <laughs> like, I'm really bad at, at like, names in, in books anyway, but, like, you start yeah. throwing, like, different titles in the mix. I'm like, okay, all right. I can't remember who's the son of Gloin and who's
1: not. That's when you're, like, you start thumbing through the, is there a is there a glossary in here? Or? <laughs> so do you... Ha- I have no... Other than my slight disappointment and i'm not saying it's super reasonable to go into a very clear middle movement of a trilogy and expect an ending but that is what i felt is that i sat there for this long i deserve some sort of conclusion more than i got other than that i have no specific memories tied to this this movie of the um
0: i mean i don't i i don't know if i this is probably my least favorite book in the trilogy. Yeah. Um, and so I was like a little like nervous about this movie. But I think they do a pretty good job of making this a better movie than it is a book. And I think part of the problem is that the book is very much, I mean, it's very fairly accurate to the book in that there's a lot of fucking battles and I don't like reading about a bunch of fucking battles. It it starts to turn into a skim fest for me. I'm like, okay, the cavalry is literally here. Let's keep going. Yeah. As I, as I said earlier, they do sort of play around with the Frodo storyline because in this, in the book of The Two Towers, he meets up with Shiloh, the spider, um, at, mm-hmm. the end of this, at the end of this book. But Meets in, up with. <laughs> meets up with her. You know, Just they sign out. a record deal, and, you know, that's coming out next month. That's going to be soon.
1: They're going to have coffee first to get to know each other.
0: You don't want to rush into that sort of, uh, Absolutely sort of thing. Absolutely not. But uh, they, they decided to push her into the last movie, and so they give him a weird climax with Faramir, which is far less memorable. Mm-hmm. But I think this is pretty good. It's better... I like it better than the book. Wow. So, those are my specific memories to (laughs) The Lord of the Rings, colon, The Two Towers,
1: Two Rings, Two Furious. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go ahead and watch it. Uh, Why don't you watch along with us? Hey, listen... If you're, if you've made it halfway through our episode of the second movie of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, chances are you're okay with this podcast. Maybe think about going over to patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot and supporting the show. Got different levels you can join at. You can give uh, a little bit, you can give a lot. Uh, We appreciate whatever support you give us. Your inner child is an idiot.com. Okay, Damon. Yeah. Two Towers. We watched it. We're back. We did it. Loader Tita. Loader. Loader Toter, as I <laughs> like to call it. No, that's, that's not right. Loader. No, it's fine. That's the first one. Loader Foter. And then this one. Loader Foter,
0: then Loader Toter, and then Loader
1: Roker. Loader Roker. Loader <laughs> Al Roker is in that one. <laughs> I'd like, with your help and your permission, to take a crack at recapping this. Oh, bingo, bango, go for it. I did a pretty bad job last time, but I think I can do this one quicker.
0: One of the worst, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I like a comeback story.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. So we have some new characters introducing this, but I'm I'm mostly going to follow our main adventurers and then introduce them uh, as they come along, and we'll talk more about it, obviously, when we...
0: That's okay. that's that's pretty much just the, the trend that fiction has been following for the
1: past 1,100 years, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm saying in the recap. Frodo and Sam, they're on their way to Mordor. And uh, they encounter Gollum, which, you know, was foreshadowed in the, recent, the first movie. But he agrees to lead them to Mordor. Meanwhile, Merry and Pippin, who've been captured by the, uh, the poop goblins and the regular goblins, they end up escaping during a, a scuffle. And they encounter d- the, the tree folk, the Ents. And then they actually come across a wizard you might recognize from like 10 minutes ago when he died. Gandalf, the Caucasian. And then Gandalf ends up sending the hobbits... With Treebeard, the, the leader of the ents because they'll be safer with him. Meanwhile, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, who went off to try to find Merry and Pippin, they encounter Gandalf, and they go with him to Rohan, one of the uh, lands of men. They uh, cast off the evil spell from, the, from King Theoden, who's under uh, Sauruman's control. They cast that off, and they, uh, he decides, you know, this is some scary shit. He leads his people to seek shelter from the coming war of evil at Helm's Deep, which is coincidentally what I call Home Depot. Meanwhile, Frodo, Sam, and Gollum are captured by Faramir and his men, which is Boromir from the first movies, Bro. And he says he'll take them to Gondor. Eventually, he lets them go. He realizes it's more important that they go. Meanwhile, big, huge battle at Helm's Deep. Eventually, our heroes prevail. Uh, after much, much fighting. <laughs> and much rain. And much rain. and Much sunlight from behind Gandalf. Oh, when he and the cavalry show up. He shows up with uh, someone who I forgot to introduce, which was uh, Bones from the new Star Trek movie. <laughs> he's another, he's another uh, branch of, of men. He brings his, his men in the cavalry. And uh, we live to fight another day. <sighs> That's basically it. You did great. Much improved would be my notes. Thank much you. Much improved. Thank you. Uh, we'll get into this, but... There is, despite this still being a very full movie, and lots does happen in this movie, it carries a lot less narrative baggage with it. It doesn't have to set up, it doesn't have to sell the whole tale of The Hobbit just to set up this whole world. It doesn't have to introduce all the characters. It does introduce a bunch of new characters, but I will, overall, I'm just going to start by saying that it felt lighter because of it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's about the same length. I think it's like maybe yeah, a few right, minutes right. longer, but it's not a like uh, a ninety minute popcorn flip. Uh, flip. <laughs> I agree. Like this is a tighter movie, I think, because you know you don't have to introduce. Yeah, I mean that's well, always the, the, the problem yeah. with with you know like a big fantasy like this where you have to you not only have to introduce all your characters, you have to introduce the history of the world and all uh, how this world functions and all those right. sort of basics you take for granted in just a normal story. But yeah, because they're sort of unburdened by that, this this seems to sort of move at a better clip. Like I, I really like the fellowship of the ring, but there is like sort of sometimes saggier moments. I think, especially once Gandalf dies, it's sort of like, Oh, because that's sort of like the emotional climax of the movie. Right. Like, right. After that, you're sort of like on cruise control and you're like, okay, Elftown number two. Okay. Another got. one. Yeah. All right. Here's a different kind of orc. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I agree that this is like a, a, a tighter movie. And I think I said like, this is my least favorite book. But this is a much a much uh, tighter movie. I think it's still not my favorite of the three, but I I think it's a really good adaptation and really cuts a lot of the faff out. Even though it's probably the least true to the book than the other ones. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean uh, the Faramir stuff is almost completely, (laughs) really (laughs) all completely new. Yeah.
1: So he is he. He's in the book. He's just like a. He is in the book.
0: Uh, they. I actually just finished reading Two Towers literally last night. He is in it, and I had completely, even though I am conscious of the fact that he's completely different in the book. Just my memory over the years of just like having this movie like replay in my brain has just sort of worn down how much different he is. He mm. literally says at one point, "If I were to see the ring on the side of the road." I would leave it there. I have no interest in that thing. And let's, like, he takes Frodo to his hideout and then pretty much lets him go from there. There's no going to Osgiliath and, like, mm. being a dick. Like, he's really, like, an obstacle on this. And there's... I can get into the reasons why they did that, but, and they kind of make sense. But, but yeah, he, he is not this sort of... I wouldn't call him an antagonist, but he's sort of like an obstacle that Frodo and Sam have to sort of get around to continue right. on their journey. And he's not like that in the book at all. He he literally just like, you guys seem cool. Uh, I know my brother was kind of a dick and I can see how he would go insane from the ring. I don't right. want it. Get the fuck out of here.
1: Well, in this one, it's kind of, uh, I don't have the the book to speak from experience of reading, but like the only th- thing that's a little bit frustrating about his whole arc is it's it's more of the same, but in this movie by itself, like if we hadn't just recently watched the first one or it been a year, like when they came out in the theater, it's not as bad because you're it's kind of like, setting it up like oh yeah remember this ring is really powerful it has all this hold it has this pull and really all we get is frodo Gollum, and faramir dealing with that in this movie whereas in the first movie it was like every single fucking person had to be like <laughs> yeah. i want the ring now and it was like okay ring, please okay. okay i mean i think it's obviously effective that the, you're you know forth but it got to be a little much and if you like sandwich this together like if i watch them the same night or the next day even that would be like okay but i think within this movie it actually spaced it got a little more room to breathe because he he doesn't go crazy but once he knows the ring he thinks he thinks he can use it to help his people that makes a lot of sense whether it's you know it's obviously a bad idea it's an evil ring but like but like he he doesn't necessarily know that he thinks it's this big powerful ring and we're in deep shit. So,
0: in the books and the movie, like Boromir talks about how he wants to bring it to Gondor because they're sort of the front lines against Mordor, and he wants it there because he feels like it can bring them like power on the battlefield. And I think that's the line in Faramir's thinking. And I think like we talked last time, like one of the weirdest things about these movies is that I feel like they are fairly true to the books while also like changing characters like motivations almost complete 180s, and yeah. Faramir's kind of like that, but he sort of ends up in the same place. In fact, his speech, where he says, I think you and I finally want to understand each other, Frodo Baggins, like, that's what he says when he says goodbye to him in the book it's like straight mm. from the book um, he just takes a longer trip and I also I'm sure a lot of book nerds laugh when Sam says when they're in Osgiliath by all rights we shouldn't even be here I usually say yeah you shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> that's not what's <laughs> supposed to happen but I think it works I, I agree with you like if you had a year between the movie's release like this would just be another like Oh, uh, it would remind you of course of Barmir and how he slowly went insane And in I don't know if you know the structure of the book and the book they're like divided into two halves and the first half of the book follows Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli chasing after Merry and Pippin and then literally it goes through Helm's Deep and then at the halfway mark of the book it flips and you f- follow the story of Frodo and Sam. Mm.
1: You so, still read like left to right up like yeah you're still you're box. still okay.
0: doing the western hemisphere left to right okay 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 so don't worry about that uh, it's all in Eldish, this printing in the English it's all in Elvis, yeah,
1: so you're gonna yeah. have to you're gonna have to have a compendium. Okay, to okay, you. okay. And you have to like put it in the fire in order to read it.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> don't one do of those, that. It's one don't of those books where you burn it <laughs> and then you can read it. <laughs> but because because it's split up this way, they don't necessarily follow the same timeline. So Fredo's and Sam's story goes on a bit longer. So their story actually ends. With them with the giant spider that you see in the third movie.
1: Mm. Is it like a cliffhanger? Like you don't know. It is kind of, of a
0: cliffhanger because nice. the book ends with Frodo gets stung, Sam thinks he's dead, and yeah. takes the ring and the, the and his sword from him. And then he find then uh, Frodo gets his body taken by orcs, and then Sam realizes that Frodo's still alive and now in the hands of Mordor. That leads into my only like little quibble with this movie is that it actually, for a second act, ends on kind of a high note. In that, yeah, Aragorn and Gandalf win the day; they win the Battle of Helm's Deep, and Frodo and Sam like get out of Osgiliath, and they're on their way with Gollum. I mean, there's sort of like a down note where like Gollum's scheming and obviously bothered yeah. by the way he was treated, but it sort of ends on this high note. Whereas, like, I think a good second act, you know, you know, Hamlet gets exiled from Denmark, mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker loses his hand, finds out his arch nemesis is actually his dad. But these, yeah. they, they those end up,
1: dudes lose their car. Yeah, that's
0: that's a second act. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's my only one of my few quibbles yeah. with this movie is that it ends on a weird upswing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about this eventually, so I mean, let's just get to like the ending. We talked about that. I remember that being the main my main quibble was it was a very middle thing but also like that's what it is. So what do you want? You know, like mm-hmm. where there's like not really a beginning and not really an ending. I actually on this this viewing didn't feel as much that way. I think it ends Kind of on a like, huh. But that's pretty, that's kind of how like Empire Strikes Back ends, where you're like, okay, you know, like it's clearly a setup. And there's obviously, it's like you're, you survived or you won, but boy, some shit's about to happen. You know what I mean? Like we all know, you know, this, this isn't the end of it. And like, Gandalf very clearly says that he's like, he's like, he's like, stay tuned next time. Yeah. He's like, boy, we're really going to pay for this in about 12 months. (laughs) Your time audience, our time, a few days, but your time, wink, perhaps in the future, there will be a digital video disc where you can watch it immediately. Did I tell you
0: that when I I went to see the first movie, people booed at the end of the first movie because they thought... It was the whole thing? They thought it was the whole thing. And I was like, guys, we've been sitting here for three hours. Come on, let's... I mean, how did you not realize that something that has a colon in the middle of the title isn't, you know, a movie series?
1: I, You know, and I'm on board with complaining about how long these are. I've made that clear. But also, that was pretty clear. I feel like that was... You know, we're in the internet age where you can look up the length of everything and whether it has sequels and when they're planned to come out. And it was, it was before that the peak of that. But at the same time, like, I think that was pretty clear. Even if you had never heard of the, like, I had heard of the books but never read them. But, like, there's three books. Is There's famously three books. People are morons. What can I say? That's true.
0: That's a good point. I also, I am also remembering that the Gandalf half, or the Aragorn half the, of that story, ends with them going to Saruman's tower and like confronting him, and it's one of my favorite scenes in the book. Mm. And it's completely excised out of the theatrical edition of The Lord of the Rings, and uh, it still bothers me. And it also bothered the late Christopher Lee to his end. That happened in this movie? Well, in the Two Towers book, it ends with them going to uh, Saruman's tower and confronting him with his crimes, and he tells them, essentially, that Gondor is about to be attacked by Mordor, and fuck all y'all. So yeah.
1: that's, he has one of those air horns. That's before the battle?
0: No, it's at, it's the, it's the end of, of their story. So it's after the battle, after they win and defeat Saruman's troops, they go to him and say, Hey dude, we killed all your orcs and what's your fucking problem, man? Yeah.
1: I wanted to highlight a couple things at the beginning. So we're going to rewind back to the beginning. This is me. My name's Gandalf. You're probably wondering how I ended up in a place like this. Well, they do have some like catch you up. Moments, and I thought they did it <laughs> last time on Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said when I was watching
0: the the rerun of Gandalf's fight with the Balrog. I'm like, yeah, look as awesome as it was. I know what happened.
1: Maybe. Yeah, so that part was a little weird. But before they, the coolest thing they did was like audio flashbacks. Like there, as you're kind of zooming in, like we're doing the credits, and you're zooming in to the to what's about to be the flashback. We hear like Frodo going. And like we hear a bunch of like overlaid audio from the first movie. And I thought that was really cool because it was like setting up like it doesn't really tell you exactly what happened, but you're like, whoa, some stuff went down. And I was like, you know, you came to the sequel. A little bit of setting up is good, but I thought it was going to be because they just did that audio flashback. I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. They're going to be like, here we go. We're going to get right into it. But then they did this 10 minute fight sequence with the Balrog, which actually has probably the coolest shot in this movie, which is when they're both battling and falling down the pit and then they come into a grotto, like an underground lake yeah. in the cave and you see them at the top of the and you see you how small
0: it? they are? Like you, yeah. like up close to the Balrog the entire fall and then you see this like just giant cave and this tiny like f- flaming speck in the distance. Yeah. And you're like,
1: Oh, Jesus. That was a really cool shot.
0: It is a very cool shot. It is also like Peter Jackson's ethos. Like, why have just a flashback when you can have a big old action sequence?
1: Right. Well, and, you know, it is like you get another angle on it because we just saw him, you know, dying and we assume he's dead. And immediately, remember this character you thought was dead?
0: Maybe he's not only not dead, but maybe he was also awesome on the way down. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which, okay.
0: Fair enough. I want to say this. uh, Also, I just want to say, because I don't think I gushed enough on Ian McKellen last time. Don't say gushed on Ian McKellen. (laughs) Uh, But also, like, there's part of me... I, I just want to say, like, watch... This is, like, 2001. Yeah. And there is a gay guy... In a giant blockbuster movie like this, and he's also, like, getting awesome, like, action sequences. Yeah. I'm thinking of this and wow. also uh, X-Men 2 uh, when he escapes from his plastic okay. prison, which is, yeah. like, one, one of the best. favorite things, even it's though the best it's directed action. by a terrible person. Yes. Um, but that's one of my favorite, like, Ian McKellen moments. And I'm like, this faggot is awesome. I love him. <laughs> So much. I also remember that he hosted SNL when he was, like, doing promos for Fellowship of the Ring that also, like, sent me to the moon. I just loved it so much. I just want to talk about how awesome Ian McKellen is. And now that I'm saying it, I remember I also talked about how awesome Ian McKellen was in the first episode. (laughs) But So I'll probably just do one for Return of the King just to round (laughs) it out. But I just want to (laughs) reiterate how great he
1: is. He's very good at this. And this is old hat for you and I because we quote it all the time. But if you have not seen the episode of Extras with... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sir, Sir Ian McKellen, highly recommend it. He plays a fictionalized version of himself. It's great. And if I uh, were to draw a map of my performance, <laughs> it would be Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. Wizard, you shall not pass. Cut, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. <laughs> he gives real insights into the acting process. <laughs> How do I know what to say? They write it down for me. How do I know where to stand? <laughs> Somebody told me. <laughs> it's amazing. Should we make lambas bread? You and me. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I can't tell if it's
0: supposed to be great or supposed to be terrible. Or maybe it's just supposed to be great until, like, you know, when you've had old bread and you're like, what the yeah. fuck is this? It to be a fun experiment. I mean, is it bon- just unleavened? I guess it's not unleavened. It looks like it's semi-leavened. It looks like a shortbread, but I'm, I yeah. mean, it's,
1: yeah. But it's not That's super, I mean, there's bubbles in it. That's true. It's not, well, it's not Crumb- well it is kind of crumbly it I don't looks know.
0: like a really dense focaccia,
1: if I yeah. were to guess wrapped yeah. in a giant mallorn leaf. I have to say Lauren w- was not really paying attention. Um she was <laughs> doing stuff on <laughs> her computer. It's really for the
0: best honestly.
1: But you know when you're when you're not really watching a movie but then like a lot of times when you look up is like the most raucous, loudest moments. And that usually involved the orcs and uh apparently if you just like look up she's like this movie looks like a Monty Python skit, because <laughs> every time she looked like it'd be orcs in armor going like, rawr, 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 like, which is like okay, well, you know, I don't think the they're just sort of marching on the plains. Yes. Yeah.
0: it has a very Holy Grail, yes, uh, feel. If and especially there's... out of context, just shots yeah. of people running across rocky terrain.
1: Yeah, and like the close-ups are kind of weird and. Uh, I, to be fair to this movie, I think the visual effects are generally very good. But also, to be fair to her, if you just kind of look up in <laughs> that, I I kind of get what she's saying.
0: Uh, it's funny that she made that connection. My spouse, uh, he made the connection to the one of the orcs at one point is sniffing the air, and the head orc is like, "What? What do you smell?" <laughs> and uh, and the other orc says, "Man flesh." And then uh, they, you know, they run away. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Uh, but Tyler thought for Sex and the City 3 that a good recast would be that orc that says man flesh. Since, since Samantha is wide yeah. open now, why yeah. not recast her as the Uruk-hai? Uh, he has a lot of pithy sayings. Can you just imagine uh, Kim Cattrall saying, I'm going to put a maggot hole in your belly. <laughs> now that seems fun, right? Looks like meats back on the menu, boys. Well, I mean, you have to do. You have to give it the. Looks like meats back on the menu, boys. (laughs) That does kind of work. All with a cosmo in your hands.
1: So wait, the orc is talking like
0: why (laughs) alive? Do they give good sport? These are all. These are all great. (laughs) What about their legs? They won't miss those. This is just that YouTube where they do the orcs with normal voices now, but I'm just doing with Kim <laughs> Cattrall voice. <laughs> Which is not a normal voice, so it's completely different, Your Honor.
1: <laughs> For copyright reasons. So let's talk, let's talk new characters. Let's meet the new gang. We got Dimplechin White Lady. Eowyn. Um, uh, Aowen, not to be confused with... Arwen, Arwyn. okay. <laughs> Audrey and they- 1 and Audrey 2. I think it's also made more complicated because I'm not reading those names, so it just sounds like the same name. because also. Get, I do get reading a little sniffy axi- with people, and then yeah. I
0: realize that there is like... A, a, <laughs> I know that they're spelled completely differently, but then when you're like... If you just hear a bunch of people saying Sauron, 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 yeah. Sauron, it's like, it just sounds like a bunch of sounds. Well, Sauron, Sam Sauron, coming, and Sauron sent his armies, but Sauron's armies are a little angry at Sams armies. <laughs> Samsung's attacking Samsung. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I thought they were friends. <laughs> oh, Samsung betrayed Samsung.
1: Oh, okay. Well, Samsung's under Samsung's spell. Yeah, I totally get that. And well, you know, to my American ears, like uh, you know, people with, with the, the <laughs> you know, Somsom... This isn't like this isn't true history
0: of another country. You you know that, right?
1: No, I'm saying like uh, they all have English or that kind of accent where they often have softer R's. Ah, uh, yes. so, like, Sauron, Saruman, Eowyn, That's why they should have cast this a bunch of Bostonians Aowyn. in it. Eowyn and Aowen. Uh, okay. Anyway, white dimple chin lady is what I call her. So, let's go ahead and talk about her. Okay, so she, she is <laughs> Theoden's, okay, we, we come across King Theoden, and he's under the spell of Earworm, or what is it, What is his name? tongue. Grima Wormtongue. Doc Cochran from, from Deadwood. Also, Chucky. Oh,
0: is he Chucky? He's the voice of Chucky. Wow. So you have a scene with Chucky and Dracula in it for a while.
1: She is his daughter, right? She is Theoden's She's daughter?
0: Technically his niece, but I
1: mean, it's oh, the same. okay, uh, okay. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Great, okay. Does she have, like, history with Aragon, or just immediately falls in love with him?
0: Um... I think she, she falls for him. It's, I don't think they have a history together, no. Or, like, does she know who he is? She might know who he is. Okay. But he's very good-looking. I, he's very I, good looking. Know I mean, a little crush I mean, makes sense. Actually, I wasn't feeling him in the first one, but for some reason in this one, I was like,
1: no, I get it. I get it now. That shot of him when he comes back from, you know, people think he's dead and he opens the doors. <gasps> is from the trailers. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird it's a weird choice, but it works. Like, why do they do decide to do that? I don't know. Except for Peter Jackson was like, "This is gonna look fucking cool," and he was right. He is very right. It does look cool. At first, I was a little frustrated because I was like, I remember being confused by her deal in the movie, and then I was prepared to be confused again. But I think I pretty much got it. It's like because it's like, does he have a thing with her? It's like no, she she feels she has a little crush on him. Yeah, And he's uh, in, still in love with... Sleepy McGee. <laughs> with uh, Steven Tyler's lo- daughter. She drove him crazy.
0: Crazy. It is crazy. For her. I just want to say... Baby.
1: It is very weird to have a very sexualized your daughter in many music videos. I'm sorry, it's weird. They're great music videos. She's very good looking. I'm into it. They're great <laughs> songs. But... When I think about that, I'm like, that's kind of weird, right? I, it is true. I mean, you have to like sort
0: of think about how a music video is produced. It's like Stephen Tyler's not directing the mu- music video. He wasn't video, even. But he probably still, barely
1: knew that. It's that still was weird.
0: It's absolutely weird.
1: Lisa Silverstone too.
0: She's not related to any of them, so that's no. not as
1: weird. Okay, so other new characters.
0: We've got one down. Go, keep going. We got a, We got the wind at our backs.
1: We talked about Worm tongue. so. Does, so Wormtongue works for Saruman?
0: Uh, yeah, he's sort of moonlighting as uh, Saruman's uh, guy, and he's also like the, the right hand of, of Theoden.
1: So Wormtongue put like a spell on Theoden through or via Saruman? Uh, Who put the spell on him? Ring! <laughs> because uh, I, you're mine.
0: Sorry. That's a good Bette Midler impression. I uh, believe how is it explained in the book is that I think Grima is, is he's a Rohan man, Roman. And he, is that one taken Roman? Is that okay? That one is taken. That is okay. Uh, Okay. Sorry. We'll have to figure out something else. Damn. Um, (laughs) So close. I guess at some point, like he, he became part and parcel with, with Saruman. And I think the idea is that through some scheming, uh, he sort of whispered these words into uh, Théoden's ear and eventually slowly, like, wore him down and sort of weakened his resolve and, and... Re- weakened his resolve, and he sort of became sort of sickly and old, and and less clear thoughted. I clear thoughted. Can I say clear thoughted? That I doesn't mean, seem right. You can.
1: It's stupid. I but mean, you can say. I'm
0: able to say it. I think that goes back to maybe that that line from the book where Saruman has like a sort of an ability in his power of his persuasion. voice. His his, voice. His,
1: hello, everyone. Is he, this thing on? It seems like an like it's played like an exorcism in the movie where it's like. He's clearly like under a spell. His eyes are like glossed over and he's very unhealthy. And he had fingernail fungus. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did.
0: Hmm, you want to be careful. You want to make sure you want to you want to wash under your nails too. What I like to do is I like to get a lather going on my palms and then I sort of lightly scratch to get that soap underneath the the fingernail bed. <laughs> make sure you dry them thoroughly. What's the deal with uh, Bones? Now, he is Aowen or as you say, what was it, a white lady? Is that... <laughs> Yeah, so he yep. called her. Uh, he's her sit, her brother. Now uh, this is another part that gets changed in the book, but also for the better. In that it sort of just simplifies everything. He is like sort of the leader of the Rohirrim, essentially the the cavalry of Rohan. Okay, the Rohirrim, and he you know he's like he's the head of the he's a horse lord. Norman Norman Schwarzkopf of the fucking Rohan. Okay. It's the right, Ike okay. Eisenhower or whatever. Storm and Norman. In the book, he is not exiled. Gandalf goes off to find other armies of Rohan. But in so but in this, they just sort of streamline it by having Greenwormchug and show like how powerful he is by having the nephew of the king exiled and then he gets to come back and have a heroic thing. It's all for the better. You don't need to keep up with all these men of the Westernese
1: yeah. you know, nonsense. Well, and I'm always confused. And this is just me having a lack of uh, visualization with the the fantasy thing cuz he's always riding around with like 10 guys and like on horses and stuff and it's like it's cuz you don't want to like spend the money just to show he has this this huge army at his command cuz that'll come in later during the when you want the money shot when he's uh yeah. coming in to save the day but like it's just like what the fuck is this guy in his in his dozen men going to do i don't know he had a, i mean it may it may not a huge amount but he does have like
0: uh, when when aragorn stops him on the field he has like Maybe 50 men.
1: Yeah, it just didn't and That's seem not a huge like, amount. You're absolutely right. I it see didn't what seem, you're doing now. Yeah. I was, I was uh, using hyperbole for, for comedic effect. Carl Urban, uh, also great, in The Boys. If should watch that. Oh, I haven't watched The Boys. Yeah. Very violent. The,
0: the first reviews Very told grotesque. me I didn't have to watch The Boys, and then the second season reviews told me I should be watching The Boys. And I'm like, you just told me not to watch it the last time, so I don't want to catch up now.
1: It stresses me out. It's not the... Greatest show ever, but I liked watching it, except for also it's pretty viscerally violent and it's pretty gross. Tree beer. Okay. TB. So there's a race. Oh, wait, that's of, also taken. <laughs> can we use TB? No, God damn it!
0: There's a trademark on it. Interesting. Okay. Hmm.
1: Tampa Bay. Um, <laughs> so there's a, a race of tree like people called Ents. Yeah, Tree Bearers. Treebeard is one of them, and his name is Treebeard. But he gets mad if you call him a tree. That's a little. That's a little. Pedantic. His
0: beard is a tree, but he is not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and it's, of course, I have to note there's. He probably has fifteen other names that were not mentioned in this
1: production yeah, of probably, the Lord yeah. of the Rings. They like they called me Whitey Phillips, and you're like, <laughs> Are you white? What? Why do you even ask me that? <laughs> Uh, the, he he has a real Captain Planet vibe, tree beard. Like oh yeah, I mean it's it's a very literal representation of like you know the kid with the heart ring uh, coming we, and saving the day. We finally get the comeuppance for that weird line in the first movie of like, no, just tear down all the trees, <laughs> the trees are strong, my
0: lord. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. I bet it won't come into play later. <laughs>
1: That was pretty satisfying when they do finally come and kick some ass. And then there's the weird weird shot of the one who's is on fire and then the water floods in and it like dunks its head And the Uh, my
0: brother when we went to see it in theaters my brother when the the orcs shot their flaming arrows at that one tree my brother had a visceral response of Mm. uh, a cry of injustice one might say and when the the river came flooding down that tree is not initially in that shot and my brother goes what about what about the 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 tree on fire and then he (laughs) like that tree on fire dives into the shot and sort of dips his head and my brother (laughs) clapped My my brother watching a movie with my brother, it's like it's very charming, but it's sometimes like watching a movie with a six-year-old. In that there's visceral clapping, talking uh, at the screen. It's very charming, but yes, he he had a he had a very excited uh, reaction to that. Ent on fire, finally putting himself out in the river Eisen's waters. Now that it's been undammed. I even have on my notes "ent on fire." I can now <laughs> cross it out because we've addressed it. <laughs> I also want to say, while I have them on the on the mind, me and my brother have a lot of lines that you wouldn't think you could work into casual conversation, but. Damn it, we found a way. One I, that we we really like is, "And where is your skulking friend?" Uh, which is what Faramir says to Frodo about Gollum, um, who who goes missing the minute that Faramir shows up. Uh, but I just, I don't know why I really like that line. It's just such a Lord of the Rings line, in that there's no, <laughs> there's probably an easier way to say it, but they like just chose the they they had their thesaurus out and like let's find the most weird words we can find. Skulking's a weird word. Let's use that um and it works like especially like if you know if you're watching a video of like donald trump doing a a campaign stop with ted cruz you know right when ted cruz shows up on the camera you can go and where is your skulking friend Also, another one that I also, I don't know why I enjoy this line, but I often want to say it and have to stop myself because I know I'd have to do a lot more explaining than the 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 line would have any weight. But Theoden laughing, while well, he's still under the spell of Saruman, uh-huh. he's, he, <laughs> it's very it's a very like video game scene. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he goes, you have no power here, Gandalf the Grey. And I think like Bernard Hill is like trying to do a Christian. Christopher Lee impression, but for some reason it's so silly that I I really like it. And I think about it more often than I would say it.
1: You have no power here. I think he says it just in a ludicrous fashion. But then Gandalf is like, what if if I had new clothes? The power of my new clothes. I wanted very much, and we talked about it a little bit in the first movie too. So I had that explanation in my head, but like, I wanted to complain a little bit more about Gandalf's powers, but they, they pretty much explain it. He ascends to heaven essentially. And, and is like, they're like, you're not done. Go back, go forth. Your shift's not over. Go forth. You get a 30 minute lunch and then you're back on. (laughs) He basically gets sent down to be more powerful and he kind of doesn't remember everything. And then when he comes across his buddies. They sort of like are like, oh my God, you're back. And he's like, I am back. He like sort of remembers it all. And uh, well, he says, he says that every day was like
0: a life age of the earth. So it right. feels like it's, for him at least, it feels like it's been a long time. And yeah. when he comes back, you know, they call him Gandalf and he's like, oh yeah, that's what you used to call me. Right. Um, which is funny because he, he does have another name when he's in uh, whatever heaven of Middle earth is. Of. Of course he does <laughs> <laughs> why stop at six when you could have a Lorian, uh as your name in heaven but gandalf down here on middle earth i do like uh he got a got a little promotion yeah you know uh kevin uh turns out the stop loss prevention detective found out he was he was stealing from the gap so third key you're <sighs> up you're in charge of the store Regional director will be here in a few months.
1: So was that was that like... Sorry, were you going to say something?
0: No, that was just a dumb um, dumb joke I've been working on.
1: Okay, so was it like Saruman was the white wizard? Is there supposed to be just one? Because he was supposed to like be the more powerful, and then Gandalf was the gray, but then Saruman joined up with Sauron and therefore betrayed his very purpose, as you, you mentioned in the last episode. So is that why Gandalf gets the promotion? Is there like... We still need a white wizard down there.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the idea. He's a like, diversity. You know, hire. These the five wizards were sent down to Middle Earth literally to stop Sauron from from taking over Middle Earth, and the one he's not doing it. In fact, in the book, like Sauron says he he says he's no longer the white. He calls himself Sauron or Saruman of many colors. Saruman glad, of Sauron. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't actually do that because I'm sure that would look terrible if he had like Technicolor. A dream coat on. (laughs) He just gets sort of knocked up to, you're going to be in charge now. And in fact, in the, in the books, like they say, we thought you were Saruman. And he goes, I am Saruman or as I am Saruman as he should have been.
1: Mm, Well, and he does, you know, weird thing is like when he first appears, he like speaks with Christopher Lee's voice. Yeah, they, they alternate back and forth. Yeah. If
0: you like catch it, like they're alternating back and forth between Ian McKellen's voice and uh, Christopher Lee's voice, and their face, like it's it's really bright and you can't really tell, but you can sort of see that the face shifts from like Christopher Lee's face to
1: Ian McKellen's face back mm. and forth. It's like they're trying to trick us. So rude. But if it was Saruman, why wouldn't they just show his face? So well
0: i mean it's sort of like it's like a trick that's only for the movie audience it's just a dick move otherwise like why wouldn't you just why would loki want to be arrested why wouldn't he just continue being free it feels like he could do more damage if he's just free why would he want to be arrested by the avengers it doesn't make any sense Can we talk about the fire swamp oh yeah <laughs>
1: This is yeah. my favorite thing that they that was from the Princess Bride. That they just took straight <laughs> from it. No RUSs, though, yeah. unfortunately. But we do get corpses that are still alive or something floating in the water, <laughs> and then Frodo just like begging for dermatitis, just diving straight into oh, the water.
0: Close your mouth at least. Ugh,
1: Frodo, you are gonna get some sort of fungus for sure.
0: You whatever Theoden has, you're gonna get it, <laughs> yeah, but like in your that.
1: eyes. But that was uh, genuinely creepy because there are all these well-preserved corpses laying face, up <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> laying face up in the water. And then they randomly open their eyes. They're clearly, you know, it's, some, it's magic. I don't know how that happens, but I thought that was really creepy. And then, of course, the ring wraith flies over on his dragon. <laughs> Tyler calls, I'm trying to remember
0: what Tyler calls it. He calls it a upside stand. down mouth dinosaur. Upside down mouth dinosaur <laughs> um, because his it's kind of like a whale mouth and that the, the the actual lips are like so high up on the head that it looks it looks like a fucking bulldozer with wings.
1: It does. It does.
0: In the books, I think they are literally just. I mean, they're large birds. They're described as large, like vultures, almost that they're mm. flying around. Uh, but in this, as Peter Jackson said, "Now, birds. What if it was like a dinosaur?" <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not like, wrong. Yeah, sure. Whatever, man. They well, got I was, wings. I was looking. Would up- Samwise Gamgee know what a dinosaur is? Would he, if he saw a flying dinosaur, wouldn't he just describe it as a large, like
1: a bird of prey, maybe? Well, I was going. You're going to appreciate this. I Please. Uh, I looked it up because I was like, "Holy shit, there's a dragon!" So I guess, uh, and again, this is a very quick research while watching the movie. But apparently, they're like the evil alternative to the eagles. Oh, okay. Again, not the band—the actual Eagles that are in this. The evil alternative... the
0: Eagles. We all know the evil alternative to the
1: Eagles are the Eagles. <laughs> I was going to say Kiss, but you're right. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, that that kind of actually satisfied. I was like, okay. A dragon would have been a. It was. I guess it's not really a dragon in the sense that Schmaug. Schmaug is a is a dragon. I thought it would have had. More of a reveal that there was a fucking dragon. But. Well,
0: I feel like it is. It's this creepy. It's a kind it of a weird, eerie shot where you see yeah. the Nazgul, and you just see him. It kind of mirrors one of the sh- the early shots of in the first movie, and then it, like, pans out, and it's he's, like, like riding the fucking Loch Ness monster through the skies, like a a small child's fever dream. Mm
1: -hmm. It is ludicrous. I do kind of like it. It's also, like, because they were on horses in the first movie, it's like, upgrade!
0: (laughs) (laughs) We got the new models! (laughs) It also makes me wonder, like, why didn't you start with the fucking birds? Yeah. I guess that would be like if if you were a Hobbit in the Shire, like, oh yeah, hey Frodo, there's a guy on a giant fucking dinosaur looking for you, so you might want to, you know, lay low for a while because that's to the back fucking roads. weird. <laughs>
1: It's the same reason the uh, in Power Rangers, they don't start with all together. It's just you, like, yeah, you, you got to build up to it. You got to build up to it. There's there,
0: you want to see if you want to just see if you can handle it without bringing out the Megazord because those things, I mean the, the miles per <laughs> gallon, it's just a fucking way. So if you could just handle the putties by yourself, like that's great. Uh, and just see if Goldar will just go away in his normal height and, and then just, just see, I just want to see. Oh, wait, I wanted to say about the, yeah. the dead marshes. In the book, I think they just go through and they see the bodies and it creeps them out. And it's more of an atmospheric thing. But, of course, Peter Jackson's like, what if Frodo fell? And there were weird, like, banshees in the water. And it was gross. And you got an infection just from looking at it. <laughs> I mean, he is like a horror. Like, his roots are in horror. And it is a effective scene in that regard. Yeah, But uh, this is where I start calling Frodo the load. This is what yeah, he just yeah. like, are you able to walk still Frodo? Or do you just want to sort of just be dragged by Sam everywhere you go? Cause yeah. literally Gollum just said, Hey, don't touch the water. And not only did you touch the water, you just face planted into it. <laughs>
1: What's wrong with you? It's almost as if he's under the influence of the ring of power. It's very powerful, Damon. I don't know if we've uh, mentioned that at all in any of the <laughs> proceedings. Sam- som- dan- sam- uh, sam- som. Oh, is and calling. DJ, Sam <Som-s3> Sam's <Som-s3> Som's calling for you. I <laughs> see you. Uh, like intensive care unit?
0: Yes, I'm here <laughs> to see
1: my grandmother. <laughs> I bought
0: petunias. I feel like we could go on for a long time, but my throat can't do <laughs> I this. I can't. I can't. This do riffing.
1: It's riffing. Hold on, I need a beverage. Excuse me.
0: Can we talk about Gullum as a <clears throat> technological feat? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this is the movie where we first actually meet him because he's just...
0: And he got a redesign. Yeah. If you actually are watching them back to back, you'll
1: notice he looks completely different than what he's implied to look like in the first one. But... Oh, really? I didn't notice that because he just has the big eyes and he's kind of like yeah in shadow mostly.
0: But I think they modeled him to look more like Andy Serkis. Mm. And also that guy from Indiana Jones, the first Indiana Jones. But like if he was like naked, like they took the black hat and the black coat, that weird Nazi guy who burns his hand. Oh. I feel like Gollum kind of looks like that guy sometimes in this movie. <laughs> but he I, mean, he, I mean, this is a 20-year-old thing.
1: And there are a few scenes where I'm like, okay. Um, but he still looks pretty good. I mean, that... Gullum Smeagol, split screen where he's talking to himself and then it like kind of speeds up and it's like really like he's too i mean it's both in terms of acting and visual effects it's a tour de force. like it's amazing like it's really well done and it like it works for the story it shows you how torn he is it's really well acted the visuals are really cool that i mean i know it's like <laughs> this is a very famous and one of the <laughs> biggest movies of all time but like It's really well done. You done it, Two Towers. You done it again. I think uh, some people might actually see this movie.
0: I mean, there are still, I mean, it is kind of amazing. Like when I watch this, there's still like 20 years out parts where I'm like, how did they get this fucker in this scene? Yeah, um, it, is, it is a big feat. And I mean, it's also funny to think that this <laughs> is just maybe <laughs> one or two years. He does have big feet. Um, <laughs> it's just one or two years after Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Which is also like the nader of like, what if we made an all CGI character and it was terrible. Yeah. And like Gollum, Gollum's one of those characters, like the minute he was in The Hobbit, I was like, I love this character. He's so... He's, like, fun, and you kind of want to spend more time with him just because he's so funny, but he's also, like, you can tell he's just chaotic, evil, and it, that yeah. also makes me uncomfortable, that you never know what he's going to do next. And he's given a lot more pathos and. Than- In this, in both the book and the movie, I think they do a good job. I think that scene you're you're describing is like a great moment where you know he's able to sort of push the bad side of him, the Gollum, I guess, side of him away. And then there's also a corresponding scene after Mm -hmm. Faramir sort of beats him up, and he and Gollum comes back, and it's this creepy scene where they sort of beat the shit out of Gollum. Which I'm like, what the? I never liked that scene. Uh, I think. I think I didn't like it at the time because we were still in the Bush years and it was like, oh, so you're just going to beat the shit out of this guy to get information out of him? Right. Great. That's neither here nor there. But we're they're, definitely not
1: doing that anymore, so. Don't
0: great. worry about it. You don't have to look it up. Yeah. But uh, there's this great scene where they've sort of tossed him off to one side of the room they're trying to figure out what where, where they're t- where. Smeagol is taking Frodo and Sam. What is his plan to get them into Mordor? And he's just lying with his face like turned away from the camera and you see his hand start to like rub his shoulder and he goes, Smeagol. And it's like this weird, creepy, like sweet voice. Like, yeah. Smeagol, come on back. I've, I'm, I'm here for you, man. This also has another great uh, Damon Jason favorite, which was, <laughs> I told you they were Trixie. I told you they were false, especially with with Damon and Jason, who like to lie about our accomplishments. Uh, it's a great great it's a great, great comeback to either one of us.
1: I thought you were going to call each other stupid, fat, stupid. Hobbit.
0: fat hobbit always so polite. It's just, yeah, it is a really great performance.
1: Um, it's really what and and uh, technological feat it's hard. He's such a presence in this movie that and yeah, while technically he like has a kind of cameo in the first movie like it's hard to believe that he this is a new character we're introducing in this movie like because you know he's mentioned in the we watched The Hobbit and it's just like I guess just like his presence is so like big even though he's a tiny little guy I well, know. I, I was saying
0: in our last episode that, like, Tolkien isn't necessarily the best, like, character writer in the books, and so yeah. sometimes the changes that Peter Jackson makes to the characters are more than welcome for me, but, like, with the two, the two standouts for me are Samwise Gamgee and Gollum, mm-hmm. and how they're, they're really j- well-created characters. And Gollum, one one of the things that kind of amazes me about Gollum is that he was a character that was invented in the 30s and then revisited here in the 50s. And it was before like drug culture really took over, but he is like sort of a mm. very well done fantasy version of addiction. This this person who is struggling right, between right. two sides of him, one yeah. who really wants this ring would do hurt people, who hurt good people to have Have it again. And then this good part of him at his very core that just wants to do right by them and and keep his word. And you sort of see that wall start to collapse at the
1: end of this movie, and you really see it collapse in the next movie. And the movie does like really hammer it home. So it's a little bit overboard, I think, but less so in this movie. But like he, you know, we see how this is affecting Frodo, this ring, and the ring is more powerful than it has been in ages because Sauron is gaining power. And and yet Frodo is dunking himself in a uh, bacteria infested swamp and he's barely able to carry on. He's been stabbed like every 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> and or, yet, if he's not being stabbed, he's remembering the stabs of yesteryear. <laughs> Aren't we all?
1: Girl. Uh... <laughs> Girl. But uh... <laughs> oh, we see that and, and yet, Gollum spent five hundred years <laughs> with this with this ring,
0: and it's it's hard to be a charming personality when you've been alone for five hundred years. And yet he comes out and he just <laughs> yeah. sort of nails it. He's the life
1: of the party. The fact that the fact that he has any like Sméagol side left is actually really remarkable when you think about it. And that shows you how remarkable <laughs> hobbits are. They're
0: remarkable They're little. Stout creatures. folks, my friend. A weird thing that they say in this movie. I just wanna say I, I have a note here. As good as Gollum looks, these wargs look like shit. What are those weird hyena wolf things that attack?
1: Oh Uh, yeah. Those didn't come off. They kind
0: of look like you ever see, uh, like a teddy bear from like when Teddy Roosevelt was president. And they're just like the, (laughs) like the velveteen rabbit look of where they're just like their, their hair is like rubbed off. That's what they look like. Let's get you a new one, sweetie. Let's get you a new one. Like this needs to be burned or thrown into the dead marshes. It is. They really look bad. They look like yeah. a PlayStation Two enemies, like Resident Evil zombie dogs coming to get you. They look terrible. They look like they've just been like had hair glued onto them. It's hard to even tell like what their bodies look like. You should have had uh, Andy Circus mocap, yeah, right? The, uh, just have him, Andy, just run across penis. the fucking field. Thank you. Can you snarl? The works come back in the Hobbit trilogy, yeah. and uh, you know, far be it for me to to deign that movie with false praises, but they look a lot fucking better. In that movie, <laughs> they look so remarkably terrible. And I mean, I'm saying that only because the special effects of this, these movies have held up so well. And even at the time I was like, what am I looking at? Are shadows <laughs> even hitting it or is it its own source of light somehow? They're terrible. Also uh, Legolas is mounting of that horse. That was so, it's so weird. weird I actually your had a note about that like, too. Whatever that is, is wrong.
1: I don't know the math. They were, it. but n- no. That was we've talked about like the tableau moments, and there are there are many. And there's like, you know, try to highlight when they're good. This is one where they went for something because it was like, oh, this is gonna be cool. It's gonna show how, you know, how light and athletic Legolas is, and how quick! And instead of it was like, what so is So I mean, I guess it's not a big moment, so it might be easy
0: to miss. But like the shot is like the, the during the warg attack, like Legolas is on a hilltop or something, and he's shooting arrows at the wargs. And then Gimli has sort of like fixed himself on a horse's and is riding up behind him. And Legolas sort of turns around, and so basically the horse is running at him. And he sort of grabs the opposite side of the horse's neck. I'm trying to work this out just for my own well-being. He grabs the opposite <laughs> side of the horse's neck, uses that to sort of lift himself in a counterclockwise circular like, fashion swing and under, swing under the neck and then over the back of the horse to land precisely behind Gimli. Absolutely not.
1: It didn't happen. It's luckily like sort uh, of in the background
0: of a scene and it's just sort of, I mean, it's not like a Easter egg or anything, but it's, it's, you can ignore it if you want, but my eyes always just like fixate on it. I'm
1: like, what is that supposed to look like? I vaguely remember that being weird, even in the, the like previous times I've watched it, but definitely this time where I was like, whoa, Um, did you, did you catch this? The weird halftime summary by uh, Lady Galadriel. And
0: what's weird about it is that um, she's real down in the dumps. (laughs) She's real like, uh, men are going to die. We got to book it out of here, Elrond. She hadn't done Carol (laughs) yet. (laughs) And then she's also, it's also wrong if you've watched the trilogy before. She's just basically like, this place is fucked. And Frodo's gonna die, and I'm like, wrong and wrong. And even as, (laughs) even though I know it's like supposed to be a sleight of hand or something, I'm trying to figure out what is it. One of those things where, in a way, she's right, but she's not right in any way. She's like, the quest
1: for the ring will take Frodo's life. False. Is she? Is she speaking from the future, or is she just saying like? Like, where is this character narrating I think from? she's speaking you know I mean? across the
0: void of uh, space, but not time, just
1: space, between her and Elrond. And
0: I think right. it's supposed to That's be... That's what I
1: gathered, is that she doesn't actually know what's going to happen. It's not like she's reading but from why, the book. It's, a, it's like a weird
0: like, recap in the middle of the, <laughs> in the, middle of the, show, the movie. It's like, yeah, we haven't yeah. left. It was, we're all here in the theater, Kate. You don't have to recap it.
1: <laughs> well, they told me to, so I Actually, have to. Actually, I
0: mean, I think part of it was like, I think Kate Blanchett's career was on the upswing, and they're like, look, we have Kate Blanchett. We're going to use Kate
1: Blanchett. Between 2001 and 2002, they, were, they realized <laughs> we got to get some narration. We got some Blanchett narration um, in She here.
0: also, I think it's also because we talked about the Ar- Arwen storyline that got cut, which I also was a big thing Arwin I to or talk about Arwen. Ar- Arwen Arwen is live is live Liv Tyler yeah
1: that's live um,
0: okay. so originally she was going to be at the Battle of Helm's Deep and uh, toxic masculinity got that's in right, the way right. and the fans before they knew what the Snyder cut was they were like get Arwen out of Helm's Deep girls don't have swords and so for whatever reason the production acquiesced and they they had so Arwen is not in Helm's Deep the elves do arrive so I think that's what Cate Blanchett's little speech is supposed to do is like give an excuse for the elves to arrive at Helm's Deep, which is not its something in the book. That is wholly in the movie. But probably the first time I watched this movie with the idea that Arwen's storyline got weirdly altered in editing. And her flashback, what have you, like in the midway point of this movie, she gets like three (sighs) scenes almost back to back, which are almost like a three-act play, just like shoehorned into the middle of this movie where it's just a shot of Eowyn, uh chin-dimpled woman. She yeah. asks Aragorn, hey, nice necklace. Chin-dimpled man. Where'd oh. you get, what chick got you that? <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, and then he's silent for like, Twenty minutes, I assume, while everyone just goes stares off <laughs> into space. And he remembers like getting it from Arwen, then Elrond telling him like you're fucking this shit up for me, and then he's like, I gotta give this necklace back to Arwen, and then he's like, Oh, uh, she's an elf, and she's going uh, to the Undying Lands with the rest of her kin. Don't worry about it. I'm single. Like, she's cool with it. And then later, like, he gets knocked off, off the edge of a cliff. He goes unconscious. And he has, like, a dream of Arwen. They're, like, being flirty and as sexy as Middle Earth will allow. Then there's a weird scene between Arwen and Elrond, where he's like, fuck that guy. And by which I mean, you don't, don't love fuck me? that guy and come back to Elfland yeah. with me uh, across the sea. Don't you love me, your dad? And I'm like, this is toxic. Yeah. Not to mention, he's <laughs> like, it's the most depressing <laughs> speech. He's like, even if you got everything you wanted and he defeated Sauron and he became king of Gondor, one day he will die and you will be alone forever. Mm-hmm. So come on, come with daddy over to the Undying Lands. Then she's gone from the rest of the movie. It's all like, all right here. It's so weird. Is that necklace
1: a symbol or is it actually magical?
0: I've heard different interpretations. My head headcanon, as the nerds would say, uh, is that it is just a symbol of her immortality, the okay. her symbol of her love and the fact that she is willing to give up Going across she,
1: the sea yeah. and staying with him mm. as a mortal. So it doesn't like grant him immortality by having no. it or something. It's just like she's saying, I love you. Take this to remember that. I would gladly.
0: If she had a wrestling pin, she would pin, pin that pin. on him. A wrestling Sorry, pin? Sorry, I was raised in 1955. <laughs> Whatever. you know, <laughs> a, know what high school, High school ring. <laughs> Approach? <laughs> what she had a carnation maybe to
1: stick in his lapel. I'm going to go ahead and do a, dive into my questions. Okay, yeah. I only I only have a couple. So, is the cloak that are the cloaks that Sam and Frodo have magical that turns them into rocks? <laughs> uh, yes, this is probably one of the. And he does he does mention like Sam is like right after that he's like sure glad we have these elven cloaks and it was like okay. Uh, I think we talked last time about how
0: in rewatching the theatrical versions versus the extended editions, I'm used to. I realized that. A lot of the stuff that's in the extended editions is really just for fans of the books. But probably the one egregious choice they made was they cut out the part where they, where Lady Galadriel, Cate Blanchett, gives them these cloaks and sort of explains ah, how they work. So yeah, they are semi magical okay. and they they can hide you. They're they're sort of like camouflage cloaks, but nicer looking. Okay, got remember it. in the the two thousands when people were wearing like blue camo a lot or like pink camo. What a terrible time we lived through. Do you remember that trend? That was happening a lot. Ugh, I saw it all the
1: time. I don't remember that, but I've never been very fashion forward. Neither were those In people. fact, I'm, I'm not looking forward to having to get out of my athleisure all the time <laughs> everywhere. <laughs>
0: You'll find a way. If, if I know America, we'll find a way to work athleisure into any
1: situation. Be honest. I've been doing this since well <laughs> before I was trapped.
0: Oh no, quarantine. I haven't been out of my sweatpants <laughs> oh, was, in months.
1: I was just on my way to the <laughs> gym. Can we talk about Helm's Deep as a place? Is that significant beyond just being a cool build? It's I'm cool. I'm sure there is. It's a cool looking.
0: Fans of the Lord of the Rings who are more into battles than I am, I'm sure can give you a lot
1: more. I just mean the place. Like it, actual Helm's Deep, like the castle.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm sure they can give you a lot better okay. description of why it's so historically important. I think it is a place that they've gone to in the past, and it's like a stronghold where no one's ever breached okay. it before, but no one ever had a bomb before.
1: Yeah, is that a new, uh, that's a new thing, yeah, right? I
0: did. I actually laughed out loud with the agreement warm tongue holding the candle and being like, but how can fire undo stone? And Christopher Lee just, like, grabbing it
1: as firm as possible and literally, like, yeah. pushing him away. Mm. It's it was a good a, bit. It's a good bit, these jokes. Take it on the road. That was the, that. was actually my other question was, they have
0: gunpowder? <laughs> yeah, I think that is a machination of, of Saruman in this. Like, one of the ways, like, okay. it shows his turn from nature into industrialization or
1: whatever. Oh. It's almost like there are metaphors in yeah, this. Yeah, even Treeboard says he has a mind
0: of uh, gears and metal or whatever.
1: You know, I wish someone had thought Do you see how the
0: trees literally... <laughs> Like,
1: release nature to kill all his orcs? I am the Lorax, and I (laughs) am a tree. I'll tell you, when they are getting ready for battle, and they show a map, I think (laughs) Faramir shows them map of what? I was like, that's super helpful. <laughs> He's like, here's where This makes we a lot are. more sense. Here's where yeah.
0: they are. I don't know who they are, but maybe if someone were looking at the map and they had been following other people's stories, they might know the significance <laughs> of why we're looking at Helm's Deep right now. That was, that was helpful. One of my favorite things about reading the books is like flipping back and forth to the maps. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's also 100%. one of the genius things about the Game of Thrones series is that they were like, what if we just made the map the theme song and you really right. can like pick up on the location between these spots like just from watching the fucking credits yeah i did i did like that they worked the map in into this one although it, you've already been through five hours of it right it's a you earn it's earned like this. you get the cape Blanchet recap and the map halfway through congratulations <laughs> i also want to say this is uh I'm sure we'll touch on this in the third movie, but we start to see uh, Legolas and Gimli. They have a very sweet yeah. moment where they're looking at the orcs coming into battle. And I think Gimli says, I wish I could see what was going on. And Legolas says, would you like me to describe it to you or should I find you a box? And like Gimli glares at him and then they both start laughing and it's like, it's buddy
1: cop time. It's, it's charming. And they, they are counting enemies that they it slay. Is- which is a little gross it's if you think about it disturbing. too much, but it's, but it is, uh, fun. Like they're, they're buddies, like friends, like equals. I found, I had some other quotes, not many, but this is the, this, we do get toss me.
0: Oh yeah. It's the, the resolution <laughs> to one. no one tosses a dork. Sometimes some people toss yeah. a dwarf. I feel like you've said this before. Anything, <laughs> Anything's in, in possible. Presence? If I've worked, you have no power here, Gandalf the Grey, into conversation. I Whatever this is, without even knowing what you're about to say, I'm sure I've said it
1: before. You said like, that is no orc horn. Oh wait, no, that's not something <laughs> I've ever said. <laughs> Are you sure? Because, uh, yeah, uh, Legolas hears the elves coming to, to help out, and it, they... But they hear a horn, and he goes, that is no orc horn. Um,
0: I've, I've said that's, uh, that's no moon, not from this trilogy. Uh, I've said, what is this new <laughs> devilry uh, from the last movie, but I don't think I've ever said that is no orc horn.
1: Do you ever say, what do you see with your elf eyes? <laughs> that seems racist. I feel like that's something you would say
0: to your cat. Legolas, what do your elf eyes <laughs> see? You can just call them <laughs> eyes. They're just eyes. Okay. What is wrong with you? I'm really starting to think this is a bigger deal to you, Aragorn, than it is to anyone else in the fellowship. (laughs) That I am an elf. Let's go to the verdict. Please.
1: Damon's Anthopolis, what is your verdict? Surprise, surprise, your inner
0: child is not an idiot. This is...
1: Whoa! Whoa! (laughs) Uh,
0: This movie's great. It's fun. It's tighter than the last movie. A little bit more uh, muted color palette, Um, but still good. We still get a little bit of Fro to the load we have to deal with. Mm. We got to deal with, you know, Arwen's wistful looks because, you know, her role in the trilogy has been curtailed, but I love it. I love the March of the Ents. I love, I think Helm's Deep, actually Helm's Deep is a battle. Like I, I talked about how reading battle scenes in the book, I'm just like, yeah. just glazing over, just like counting the pages. It's kind of like an awesome battle. I think partly because it gets to be, like, cut between the Entmoot and, you know, going with uh, Frodo and Sam on their wacky adventures. It's, like, it's pouring rain. It's, like, visually kind of, like, amazing in terms of a battle sequence when that rain starts. It's fun. Uh, Yeah, it's great.
1: It's got its own, like, three-act structure, which... Always makes for a, a compelling like set piece.
0: And I love a, a mid mid-movie recap that is delivered by Kate Blanchett and factually inaccurate to the movie we're actually <laughs> watching. Plus, anytime that Elrond uh, uh, is moving his eyebrows in any fashion,
1: sign me the fuck up. He's got that. He's brow, got a br- intense brow. He's got a brow you could set your watch to. <laughs> I agree. Your inner child is not an idiot. I was expecting to be a little bit more bored by this one because it's the middle one because there were elements of the first one that were a little bit sluggish at i feel like like we said i feel like this is actually a little bit tighter a lot of stuff happens and yet we're we still have more story to tell you know what i mean they did the, they did the job Gollum alone is makes it a good movie i feel like he's great really compelling really interesting really funny I've, I think there's more comic relief in this movie, even though the first one might be a lighter movie just because we're de- getting deeper and deeper into Sauron taking over and battles and stuff. But like we get Gimli and Legolas, we get Gollum being funny, we get the, the whole Ent thing is pretty funny. It's great. Your child's not an it's idiot. It's fucking closed. What do you think, everybody? Email us your inner child's an idiot at gmail.com. Tell Damon why he's wrong, <laughs> but leave DJ out of this. Don't. I am very fragile. I'm in a very tough place right now. 615-576-0525 if you want to text us or leave us a voicemail. You can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram uh, Damon does great drawings for every episode. Every episode. I told you I'm working on it. <laughs> no, you've been, you've been doing a really good job And I, I think that, Damon, you don't get enough credit um, we, we might end up cutting this out Because this is not very funny But I edit the, these episodes for a, a lot of them I should say I don't know how to edit all of them And you don't get enough credit Damon does a fucking full-on hand drawing For every <laughs> single one And it's amazing Full color, you've been into doing, nobody asks you to do full color And yet you do And with uh, you know, that blue
0: tint I've, I've been working into it You ever notice that? Yeah, I noticed that. The black lines are not blue lines. Or Y-I-C-I-A-I navy blue. Wow. You did
1: uh, pound sign zero nine 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 uh, eight eight? Oh, yeah. One of my favorite
0: hexadecimal
1: codes. (laughs) It really brings out my eyes. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot. We want to thank our current patrons, including Karen Curd, Lindsay Nell, Jonathan Day, Just Cuz, The Zesty, Jacob Grimm, Particle Man. Damon's Australian accent. Too realistic. Uh, Heather Tuggle. <laughs>
0: Dramatically
1: placed hot dog. Larissa Maestro. T. Smith.
0: Jeremy Powell. The supreme ruler of this podcast. Kevin from Cleveland.
1: Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, Brandon Hardy. His Honor, the Mayor.
0: Dan McIntyre.
1: And Justin Shea. Thank you all very much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. If you wanna become a patron like them, patreon.com slash a Child's an idiot. Could you go ahead and name the regions of Middle Earth while we play while we play out?
0: Yeah, I mean, you got fucking door. That's uh, where the Shire is. You know, you mer- move over to the Misty Mountains. Uh, you've got Imladris, of course, right on the, the foothills of the Misty
1: Mountains. What about then- South Imladris? Have you ever been there? I have that Ooh, I have That new mall I there. Uh,
0: after dark, I wouldn't be going to South Imladris. Let's Racist. just. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you also got the Misty Mountains, you you come over to the west of Mordor you have uh, Gondor of course um, and the 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 bay of belfast you move up from there you got uh, bay of
1: belfast wait a second <laughs> wait, is you can't that a real just place? You can't <laughs> just real use place? real places surely that's not a real i mean bay, belfast uh... is i guess i don't know if belfast oh belfalas sorry belfalas okay Belfast. I forgot an <laughs> A in there. You're like uh, you're like Mordor, uh, Rohan, uh, East Lansing. <laughs> uh... <laughs>